Just kill me, kill me, just kill me, kill me, just kill me, kill me, just kill me, just kill me. Talk about turbulence. United better fasten its seatbelt. Attacked on Twitter, bored as a doctor, leave as a patient. We put the hospital in hospitality, parodied on late night. If we say you fly, you fly. If not, tough. from the plains i'm one of your hosts chuck williams joining me in arlington texas is the great matthew hodges hey matt what's up hey how's it going pleasure to be here it's going awesome <laughs> uh and joining me in nebraska is brandon williams brandon how you doing bud i'm doing good we uh we got a lot to talk about it's been a crazy news time crazy that's news right. time for the past like year that's right <laughs> matt didn't you want to go first here yeah, well, I, mean, I we were gonna we were gonna mention this piece of piece of great listener mail, right? I mean, somebody wants oh, to that's right. read that out on the air. Yeah, absolutely. So we got uh, an iTunes five star review. Five stars, baby. Wow. Five, five stars. stars. That's all. That's all. We, we are good. We promise the listeners we're not gonna retire right now, even though it's been tempting to retire on top with such a wonderful rating so you know we're five out of five stars at this point so i mean we could do yeah, it perfect yeah, go out on a perfect high. track record man <laughs> threatened yeah if you give us a, i mean hey if you give us a four i'm not gonna be mad at it you, you know. know and people will be surprised like jordan i didn't make my varsity podcasting team my freshman year of high school so. <laughs> so shout out to j-rod who left us the sweet review uh it says a unique take on today's topics beer opinions yet it never feels like the drunk uncle at thanksgiving dinner lots of pop culture which i references. disagree with by the way <laughs> I, I think it, it's totally the drunk uncle at, at thanksgiving speak You're for yourself the drunk uncle <laughs> yeah. <at> thanksgiving man <laughs> lots of pop culture references that you'll understand while your kids scratch their heads for once don't listen to this podcast with your kids probably <laughs> entertaining and yeah that's that's got to be true because we're again. all we're all completely out of touch with you know like newer newer pop culture references so <laughs> that's just by default really that's right so unless your kids are hipster don't listen to it with them but, but tell thanks. them yeah it's the most hipster for your hipster kids we really appreciate it j-rod and everyone else out there definitely give us our feedback uh or give us your feedback it doesn't have to be that glowing any constructive criticism will do so moving on uh what what else do we got on the on the plate here. i think we have every news story written in the past 36 hours oh man that's a yeah. lot no that's that's right because uh, uh i mean we we have we've received warnings from the the podcast council of america that we sometimes go on too long so we're going to try to uh in the first segment try to hit some of these stories a, a bit quicker than we usually do that's right that's right i've been working on my start times working on my explosive starts in the gym so <laughs> we'll see how it goes here <laughs> all this and more on today's episode let's jump right in <laughs> cool. Mix 
Yeah, so Liquid Flannel has been tweeting under the hashtag tripod uh, for the past month or so, trying to get more people listening to uh, to podcasts, because apparently, like, 40% of America doesn't even know what a podcast is, much less, you know, know how to pull one up on their computer and listen to it. Um, so we, we've been tweeting under this hashtag, and apparently uh, some people from the American Council of Podcasters listened to our show and thought that we were kind of tarnishing the image, because we do have a tendency to kind of ramble on. So instead of just kicking us out of the hashtag, what they did was they've they've sent a referee who's now sitting in the booth with Chuck and Brendan who's going to monitor what we're talking about and make sure that we're we're staying, you know, topical and we're we're making this punchy and quick uh so we don't ruin their hashtag. So we've got a whole bunch of these stories lined up. So I guess uh ref are you ready? Okay, he's he's giving the thumbs up. I guess put some time on the clock. Who's going first? Not me. I break under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Let me jump in then. Uh, One that I wanted to talk about is the Kentucky Coal Museum. The Kentucky Museum of Coal switching to solar power to power the museum. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so great because we've heard so much about how these coal jobs are coming back. And even the, the history of coal museum in the middle of Appalachia is going to be switching to alternative fuel now. It would literally be like if Coca-Cola was only having fountains of Pepsi in their building. <laughs> Full-cast Pepsi in their building, you know? Yeah, they got and a little statue of, of Kendall Jenner that hands it to you. <laughs> All right, time. All right. Okay. Oh, man, All right, I guess fast. we got cut off man, on that this one. Ref is, he means business. He is, seriously. Okay. All right, Ref. All right. Well, um, I guess I'll go next. Uh, kind, of, kind of on that topic of funny, ironic stuff in the news, um, there was this story about how the NRA was giving a meeting. Um, they were doing some kind of uh, gun safety seminar, and the guy running the meeting, who's some higher up in the NRA, uh, put his pistol in his pocket or in his holster or something and the gun discharged and i mean you you can't write these headlines you know we've had so many things lately that it just seems like you know it's like the onion has taken over the world and i think that's been true since you know november of last year right absolutely i mean it's always sad when people are are getting injured by gun violence unless that was their own gun violence while teaching a gun safety class (laughs) at the actual nra then it's kind of a little bit a little bit funny still a little sad though still well and i mean presumably you've got you know if this guy's actually a higher up in the nra then he's like he's he's also yeah, he's he's also he's also part of the organization that lobbies against things that would, you know, legislation that could help people be more safe with guns and and help society be more safe with guns. So the fact that he, you know, shot his dick off in front of a bunch of maga hat wearing people, uh, it's just perfect. Absolutely. And time. Excellent. We made it. We just made it. We just made it. Just made it. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess I can go next. And, All right, put uh, some put some put some uh, time on the clock there, ref. Yeah, let's get some points okay. on the board here. Let's go. So <laughs> apparently, apparently, poor shaming has been a thing, and in particularly school lunch poor shaming 
has come around. Oh, this is awful. Yeah. And, you know, there has been instances of it happening. Um, New Mexico actually outlawed school lunch shaming. But there was an example. Well, in, go ahead. And w- Yeah, we should we should describe what that means, this lunch shaming thing, right? Yeah. Oh. Because basically it's it's taking kids who are on the, the free or the reduced payment lunch plans in public schools and doing things that make them that that are that are basically instilling class consciousness identifying them as the others you know the poor kids yeah so you give them lunch duty uh there was something in this article about um how like lunch ladies are being required to basically dump hot meals in the trash in front of the kid because they're not able to pay for it yeah. at the time. And then you give um, them, like, a cheese sandwich or some yeah. shit. Well, I do yeah. know, I mean, I do know a little bit about this. So, like, I got a kid at school, and sometimes you, you know, forget to be like, oh, did I give you the lunch money for this month or whatever? And so they'll send, like, a note home with the with the kids and stuff. But, mm. you know, if you're sending a note home with a first grader, it's really unreliable, you know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes yeah. you just got to write just on the kid's arm, like... <laughs> Yo, where my money at? You know, and that's really sometimes that's the only way you can get in touch with people. It's. It, I mean, really, what we, sh- what we should be doing is tattooing the kids. I was gonna say, you know? right. I see a new season of Ink right. Master. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. the lunch shaming edition. Yeah. You, know? you could just tattoo, just tattoo like some blank boxes where it's like kind of just like a fill out the form where it's like, hey, like a pre written letter or whatever. You just like kind of sign it. Sharpie it yeah. in there. <laughs> Okay, okay, we're getting the signal okay. from the ref here. So. All right, get, getting the signal. No, ref, ref, I'm going to fight this one, okay? I need a, I need a call on the field here because oh. this, this, fits a, cause this fits a theme also with this sort of uh, this conservative, uh, you know, just shaming of the poor, taking it out on children is absolutely inhuman. I mean, that's the, the cruelest thing. It's not like the other kids who are getting lunch, you know, who aren't on the, on the payment plan are paying it for it themselves, you know, they're right. not working a job and, and buying their own yeah. lunch. Their parents are doing it. So basically you're just taking it out on kids. But this is part of a an overarching conservative ideology um, that you see manifesting itself in so many different ways right now. And there was a, a Raw Story article about a, a Texas state legislator who was using Bible verses to justify um, cutting SNAP benefits. Um <laughs> The, yeah, he cited uh, Thessalonians chapter 3.10, quote, He says, even when we were with you, we give you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. And he goes on to say, we heard that some of you are idle. I think that every American, Republican or Democrat, wants to help the needy among us. And I think it's a reasonable expectation that we have work requirements. I think that gives more credibility, frankly, to SNAP. Now, remember that, that SNAP benefits are usually something like a buck 50 to two dollars per meal and (laughs) and most of the people who aren't eating in this country are children right um you know it's it just it's just symbolic of this this broader conservative ideology that that being poor is a moral failing and even if you're a child you know can't you qualify for snap benefits if you're a student in this country so what does Thessalonians say about, you know, full-time students that weren't working with Jesus, you know, because they were going to, like, Bethlehem U or something? Right. You know? I mean, <laughs> we're talking about grade school 
grade school kids you know what i mean you know. like them kids ain't working it's like well they're in school like that kind of is work for a kid like what yeah, more yeah do that's you your job when you're a kid your your job when you're a kid is to be a kid and to go to school or is it to pick yourself up by your Michael Jordan bootstraps, right. you know, your Air Jordan bootstraps? Right. That reminds me of, was it Newt Gingrich who proposed, like, hey, poor kids should just work at the school, like, as a janitor, right? So that that way, after school, all the rich kids are like, hey, we're going to the mall. How about you, poor kid? What are you doing? And they're like, I'm going to clean up the mess that you just made here well, at the school where we all go mm-hmm. together. Like, great yeah, idea. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's all this, uh, you know... That, that work is character building, therefore anyone who's not working is some sort of moral failure, including apparently elementary school children. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the ref went back to the video replay on that and said that we definitely <laughs> need to move on. There because some we serious snuck penalties. An extra, all right, an all extra right. One in, all right, we got the buzzer there. Waving a yellow flag, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to, we're going to have to ask the council about this. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, we should have told him, man. Ball. You know, we go we go hard on this show. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes we're just gonna we're gonna go against the ruling. The podcast regulations that Obama set up are just they're so onerous on these small podcasters. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, well that's why that's why I'm a I'm I'm actually a Trump voter. Uh, I'm looking forward to rolling back um, the the podcast regulatory <laughs> um, bureaucracy. Um, Jared Kushner actually made this a big thing when he was uh, wandering around in the Middle East wearing a Brooks Brothers suit with a flak jacket over it. <laughs> oh, dude, um, that was the that best. That was so good. Somebody, somebody should make a meme with that picture, and it just says, you won, get over it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is what you get, America. This is what you voted for. <laughs> right. Where it's like, so. don't... Like, he didn't even take off his suit jacket. Like, you're, you're dude, in a rack. Blazer. Yeah. yeah, it's like... What are you, what are you doing, dude? Like, he's come, like, like, take the jacket this off. This is the thickest quality tweed from Brooks Brothers. <laughs> this will deflect bullets better than right. that government trash you just put yeah. over it. You think I'm gonna hang my jacket up in the barracks in Iraq? Do you know how much this jacket is worth? Someone will have this on Craigslist in no time right. out here. People are animals. Do you know how much money my father-in-law paid <laughs> right. for my brother-in-law to get into Harvard yeah. so that I could be here? My dad <laughs> totally owns this dealership. He will hook you up. <laughs> okay, we're getting the side. All right. Yeah, ref's ref's giving us giving us the wave here. So, um yeah, ref, you want to put some put some time on the clock here. All right. So, as we predicted on last week's episode, the Senate did go ahead and change the rules. Neil Gorsuch has been approved by the Senate as the next Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. And, oh, I guess that's it. Um, okay, the ref didn't want to hear any more of that. Okay. So. <laughs> On to the next one, says he. <laughs> okay, Matt, so you had posted this article this week, or made me aware of this article about a a drug bust in Japan. That- oh yeah. yeah, no, we. Oh, definitely I saw that need to all over this. the Facebook fan uh, Trump fan page. Uh, oh. It was really popular on those. The Facebook <laughs> Trump fan page. Hmm. No wonder mm-hmm. I missed it. I had no idea. That's well, because you're a big fan of uh, fake news, there, Chuck. Yeah, you're following the mainstream media. 
So and, what was you know these these other outlets uh, reported on what I think is one of the biggest international incidents that's happened um, in quite some time. Um, quote. Former U.S. President Barack Obama, in custody of the U.S. military police, has informed on his drug-dealing bosses, according to sources in Japanese military intelligence. Um, as a result of this, an airplane filled with Afghan heroin and North Korean amphetamines was impounded at Argyle International Airport on St. Vincent and the Grenadines in Caribbean, uh, the sources say. Now, is St. Vincent and the Grenadines, is that one place, or is this airport supposed to be in two different places? You know, it doesn't matter. Probably like gonna, Trinidad gonna... and Tobago. You, you know, know, you know. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it legit. turns out that the money from these drugs was supposed to go to Daesh, um, formerly known <laughs> as ISIS, um, and this this it, it, this all started kind of tumbling down um, when there was a boat uh, captured in the Caribbean named the Michelle oh, carrying that's a 4.2 tons of cocaine. Oh man, yeah. dude, that is a clever code. That was just cracked. Yeah. I can't believe it. I heard that, uh, when Obama got busted, uh, he was there with, uh, hello kitty and they were both just <laughs> totally trashed. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But he was, he was going to go on and hang out with pictures. a bunch of like, know. A bunch of J-pop stars who had just had pizza <laughs> right. at, at Ping Pong Comet Pizza. Right, it yeah. was just littered with Comet Pizza ping pong boxes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay, actually, yeah. We've, we've got a flag on this play. Um, the the ref just threw his fake news flag in oh. there. So, yeah, let's let's no, let's, let's walk again. this back I a little bit. Was I was going to say what tipped him off E-Honda in the background. Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, there's this report is the... The most ridiculous bullshit. I mean, if you wanted to make a conspiracy theory about Barack Obama, look, I don't support you or your values or the pursuit at all, but you could make it more convincing than this, you know? The guy's on vacation in Hawaii. He's writing books. He's um, running electoral electoral reform organizations. You know, he's not smuggling tons of cocaine on boats named right. after his wife and trading them for right. heroin coming well, out like, of Afghanistan. I got, better, I got a better fake news story right here. Like, Obama's secret cocaine dealer tells all. There. Yeah. That's And just be like, yeah, it's totally. an anonymous source, and this is what he said. I used to sell Obama cocaine all the time. Like, that's a mm-hmm. story where it's like, okay, I could see that actually happening. Um, sure. That's plausible that that story yeah. could be legit. This is like so ridiculous, but people just share it. File this one away with all those all those theories about you know Michelle Obama is actually a you know a transsexual male prostitute. <laughs> right. and, I mean, which well that one's seemed, that one's true. Got... Her and Lady Gaga, uh, both. Right. I think. Yeah. They're actually the same person. Have you ever seen them together? Hmm. hmm. Follow the facts, sheeple. But I thought Lady Gaga was John Benet Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. That was good. That was good. Oh, oh my god. Well, but here's another. Well, the ref flew a flag through a flag. Oh yeah, that that's flag. it. Yeah, that was the buzzer. That was the buzzer on that one. So oh. here's some more obviously fake news right here. Uh, Muslims are hiding secret subliminal messages in Marvel X Men comics. I mean, that's clearly f- fake. Is it's fake, right? Yeah. No, it seems like that would be fake, right? There's no way that this has any kind of any kind of actual backing that some Marvel comic writer went rogue and started putting uh, subliminal messages for uh, a Muslim separatist organization into recent episodes of of the X Men. 
That's fake, right? right? Wow. Uh, we're getting all clear. Uh, thumbs up. Thumbs up from yeah, the ref. This is a legit news story. Oh, my okay. goodness. Okay. So, yeah, including a really conspicuous panel where uh, Colossus is, like, playing softball and wearing a shirt that says, like, QS16 or whatever, where it's like, yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Uh. Um, and it's, like, a reference to, like, some... Uh, like verses from the Quran and there's like another one where like Kitty Pride is in front of a giant jewelry store <clears throat> and there's like a 616 which stands for something I don't know <laughs> maybe wow. this is fake news but I it's just so crazy yeah no no uh, apparently this one this one is for real um the the artist is an Indonesian um, he works for not just Marvel, but some other comic book publishers. Um, the the QS five colon five one. Uh, it's it's from the Quran. Uh, it says Muslims should not take the Jews and Christians as their allies and friends. Um, which uh, that's a pretty remarkable uh, verse to insert into right. an X Men comic, since Kitty Pride is the current leader of the X Men and is herself Jewish. Uh, and Colossus is her boyfriend. Right. But, like, also, like, if you're a guy who legit believes this, why are you even working on the X-Men comic at all? Right, like, exactly. It doesn't seem like you're into the message of inclusivity of all backgrounds and mm -hmm. coming together and fighting for the people who oppress you, e fighting for their rights, you know, even though they're oppressing you. Hey, everybody's got a mortgage is all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Everybody's got student debt. That's right. That's everybody's right. got credit cards. You just got stick to it, stick it to them with, with secret codes. You got to be like, I don't like it, right. but I'm going to do it. But like, also think about this. Uh, in and out Burger in, in Texas has like, bible verses printed on like the bottom of like all their packaging and like all the sure. cups and the things for the fries and stuff like that um <laughs> and like i don't think and i've ever heard anyone say like this is outrageous yeah nobody cares <laughs> it's all about the fries. okay but it's a you know it, but but brendan yeah I, th I think the big point there is that you know the x-men are the team in the marvel comic universe and probably the most conspicuous team in any comic book universe that's about a message of inclusivity and the value of diversity and multiculturalism so you know these are just they're so poorly placed and also just to try to sneak them in as an artist it you know and and again like why would he choose the characters that he chose it's not like there aren't racist characters in the x-men um you know but to but to pick two characters who have a long history of, you know, really adhering to that X-Men uh, value, that ethos right. that the X-Men is supposed to be about, and they themselves are multicultural, mm -hmm. it's it, it's just, it's it's a crazy thing. Indeed. Oh, oh. Oh, all we right, that was the buzzer. A five-yard penalty... And I don't know if that means that we need to walk into five people's front yards, or <laughs> how how does that work in podcasting? But yeah, I don't know. We're we're gonna have to get clarification on these rules. But <laughs> well, that was um, fun. Yeah, I think yeah. that was good. That was a good about. Oh wait, no, no, no hold on, hold on. Can can we, yeah? We can we do a can we do a bonus round real quick yeah. here? Um, Overtime, ref. You failed. Prepare for sudden death. Oh! 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 
The refs giving, oh, refs, refs giving us the, the highest sign for overtime. Okay, Sun so death. real quick, real quick. I don't know how many people saw it, but Richard Spencer, the most punchable man in America, oh. got his ass kicked at a rally, um, showed up to apparently try to unite the alt-right with uh, anti-war leftists and run an anti-interventionist rally uh, there in New York City uh, against what's going on in Syria. And a bunch of anti-fascists showed up and basically were trying to scream him down, as is only proper and correct. And eventually, at some point, the cops told him to get out of there. He couldn't get back to his car, so he hopped in a, a taxi cab driven by an Indian man who apparently he immediately insulted for being Indian. The taxi cab driver kicked him back out of the car, and so the police had to try to escort. They're, they're yelling in the background, run, 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 running away. All these uh, antifas chase him down. Apparently, uh, eventually he got punched, but, I mean, the best part of any of this video that got released is somebody walking up and just glitter bombing him right in the face with a handful of pink glitter. Uh, just, oh. just wonderful. So we'll make sure to post that video. It was, uh, it, it warmed up my little socialist heart. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is it weird to contemplate going to an anti-war march with alt-right people? Like if they really wanted to unite with you on that issue, I mean, I don't know. I'm so anti-war that it, I'm tempted to say I would consider it. So I mean, just putting that out there. Yeah, and they they know that, and they're using you to boost their legitimacy or whatever. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I could do the same thing. I agree with you in principle. I could be Daryl Davis. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. I mean, I think Richard Spencer is also probably against you know spreading plague rats around in indigenous populations, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we have to. You know, go to a go to a march for disease awareness together. Okay, no, that's a good point. <laughs> Hi, Flannel Nation. Matthew here. I don't know how this comports with the rules laid out by the podcast Illuminati of the world or whatever, but it bears doing a drop in to mention anyway. Don't forget that the leftist anti-war movement comes from a rejection of imperialism that it's rarely ever happened that the U.S. started dropping bombs on a place or interfered with an election where the people of that place ended up better off. Richard Spencer doesn't care about any of that. This is a guy who views anyone who isn't a white Anglo-Saxon American as being subhuman. He also promotes an ideology that, if he had the power, wouldn't ever stop at simply dropping Tomahawk missiles on a country. He's against war because this current one isn't on his terms, which are all terrible and trying to use the left as his tool, as Brendan said, to gain legitimacy. I hope he's still finding pink glitter in his ears when he's an old, bitter man sitting alone with the failure of his entire philosophy. Well, back to it. And the ref agreed with you, so he said moving along. Excellent. <laughs> so. Well, how did, how did we make out on that? Yeah, no, he's saying he's saying we got most of the points. We did have a penalty there, but I, I think we came through this segment pretty well, pretty well. So uh, let's Huzzah. kick him out now okay. and do yes. what we usually do. Yeah, how did he get in your house anyway, Brendan? This is uh, messed up. There's like a giant pneumatic tube. Okay. Uh, that Obama had him installed in here, you know, you infrastructure, know. whatever. I know this is the yeah, suburbs. Chuck. You don't have the 
the pneumatic tube? Oh no, you're black. You wouldn't have. Known. <laughs> oh, wait a second. This is the suburbs. They just leave the doors open. So, <laughs> so problem solved. Yeah, there we go. And I came out to make sure that uh, we stay focused on on the, what the president's doing and his decisive action. And his decisive action. I was sitting at the table. We had finished dinner. We're now having dessert. And we had the most beautiful piece of chocolate cake that you've ever seen. And... And I came out to make sure that uh, we stay focused on, on the, what the president's doing and his decisive action. And we had the most beautiful piece of chocolate cake that you've ever seen. From the president's decisive action in Syria. Chocolate cake. I needed to make sure that I clarified uh, and, and not was any, in any way, shape, or form any more of a distraction. Chocolate cake. So what happens, as I said, we've just launched 59 missiles heading to Iraq. Well, you headed to Syria. Yes, heading toward Syria. From the president's decisive action in Syria. Chocolate cake. Missiles heading to Iraq. Chocolate cake and the attempts that he's making to destabilize the region. CNN needs to immediately withdraw all retired generals and colonels from its airwaves. You know, Fareed Zakaria, if that guy could have sex with this cruise missile attack, I think he would do it. Brian Williams seemed to just be in, in true love uh, with the cruise missile strike and, and in a despicable way invoking Leonard Cohen's name. I mean, the, the media coverage has been atrocious. All right, so who wants to lead us into... Into what, Syria? Donald Trump, I think, wants yeah, to lead let, us let, into let, Syria. He definitely does. <laughs> hey, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, so since we since we last podcasted, I guess we're at war with Syria? Yeah. Or maybe not. I, it's hard to say, really, what we are Dude. with Syria right now. We're kind of going through a thing. T- Trump tweeted some, some mean stuff and then launched a bunch of missiles at him. I was going to say, you know that awkward phase when you just start dating someone and you're just not sure, and you just drop 59 Tomahawk missiles on their airbase? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you warn Russia, you know, in advance that that's going to happen, so... And you don't take out any of the runways and all that stuff. A little background on this uh, for anybody who's been literally living in a Syrian cave. Well, you're not living anymore. If you're... Living in a salt mine in South sure. America. Bashar al-Assad last week apparently used sarin gas on some portion of uh, one of the Syrian cities and killed a few dozen people with sarin, which... If you don't know what that does to you, don't worry. There are about a million people on Twitter who were describing it in excruciating detail. Posting videos as well. I hate that shit. This is, this is a thing that he hasn't done since 2013 when Obama did his famous you know red line moment. The, the, the red line is chemical weapons, right. and then they used it again, and... We everyone expected Obama to, to respond militarily, and that didn't happen. And look, we can go back and forth on that. I think the I think the rationale behind it was he went to Congress and they said no, <laughs> right? And then they they met with some resistance I in mean... Congress, and then he was like, "Well, never mind." Yeah, that's right. So there's there's a bit more history than what people want to sure. make it out to be uh, with this red line moment, because what he said was it's a red line, Bashar al-Assad crossed the red line 
Obama goes to Congress, looks for an authorization of military force, doesn't get it. Congress doesn't want to send troops in. Obama, I think, also didn't want to right. send troops in, having learned a lesson from our misadventures in Afghanistan exactly. and Iraq. He wasn't going to be like, hey, end of my second term victory lap. Another war in the Middle East. It's going out on top, you know? Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> this is encore. Do you want more? Instead, what they got was a deal with Russia where Russia would, you know, because Russia backs the Assad regime against the, the rebels there. Russia said that they would monitor Assad and make sure that he destroyed his caches of chemical weapons and not use them again. Right. And now it sh- seems that Russia may have known that they were planning to use this and didn't say anything. <laughs> sure. Well, there were Russian troops at the at airbase the... where they launched the ga- the gas attacks or whatever. Yeah. And personally to me, the only thing more disgusting than those horrific videos of people dying in a place where people die all the time is the media's reaction to it and their idea oh, that God. this made Trump so presidential and bonerific, you know. Decisive. Yeah, how many times yeah. did you see that? Like, you know, yeah. Trump he actually became, became a president, a president today um, because right. he shot you know. Tomahawk missiles. I mean, and they've been they've been striking Syria before today or before this particular strike. So it's not like this is really anything new. Right. Well, and they've they've certainly been dropping bombs in Iraq and Libya, I think. Libya, Yemen. Jeez. Like, they did, like, there was, like, a 200% increase in strikes in Yemen or whatever. It's been, like, really, really getting ramped up in in Yemen. Are we surprised about that? Should of course we be not. surprised? Because no. he's just, right, he's he just said he would. angry old Fox News watching grandpa. Of course when he right. has he's the entire everything. US military <laughs> at his disposal and you've got a bunch of war hawks within his administration telling him, Oh, we could just start dropping bombs, of course he's gonna approve of course he's going to approve that. But it's not just within his administration, you know, Hillary Clinton came out in support of regime change and the Democrats, you had posted that link where They were looking at, you know, running somebody off against, who was it, Tulsi Gabbard or something? So Tulsi Gabbard is a representative of Congress from Hawaii who came out against, you know, pretty early on against these airstrikes in Syria. And now you've got coming out against Tulsi Gabbard, um, the DNC chairman Howard Dean, who ran for president in 2008. And Neera Tandon, who's uh, the president of the Center for American Progress, coming out and saying, you know, Neera Tandon on Twitter says, was it not enough for you that your rep met with a murderous dictator? How will this move you when she's questioning what happened? Howard Dean says, this is a disgrace. Gabbard should not be in Congress. Okay, here's, here's what complicates this issue. Tulsi Gabbard, okay, she's a veteran. Um, she also sits on... Uh, armed services and foreign affairs committees and apparently earlier this year went to Syria without clearing it through Paul Ryan in order to have a conversation with Assad and figure out what was going on there. Okay. So Mm. that's odd looking, but on the other hand, maybe it's only odd looking in our new environment of diplomacy. Isn't a thing that we do anymore. Apparently you know, would Paul Ryan have given her the approval if she wanted to go over and and make that visit? Who knows? 
The other thing was her statement went further than simply saying us getting involved militarily in Syria is a mistake and went into being skeptical that Assad was even behind the chemical weapons attack. I'm not sure what she thinks did happen there. To be fair, it seems strange that they would choose to do this, right? And the timing for the Assad, previous yeah. attack, I believe there was also, you know, it maybe wasn't Assad or it was rogue people within Assad's organization mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, it's it's hard to say like did Assad you know, and Assad and his people work to do this or what did actually happen because right. it really doesn't make sense because if you're Assad like, what's you're the winning. benefit here? Like, right. you're getting backed by the U.S. and Rex Russia. Rex Tillerson just backed off you. Right, and Rex Tillerson just said, like, yeah, we. I guess it's fine. Just, like, fight the ISIS, please. Yeah. Um, And we're cool. And then he's like, huh, I, I, yeah, we're cool. Wink, let's do the gas attack. It's like, what? Why? Yeah, that, right. yeah. Yeah, on that, I mean, everyone's everyone is just jerking Trump off because, you know, finally Tillerson comes out with a Gross. plan for... Yeah addressing the Syria issue, and it's exactly the same as what Hillary Clinton wanted to do, which was basically, you fight ISIS, stabilize the region, and get Assad out by democratic means. You hold an election and and get him out of office. And I think what Hillary Clinton was saying, and was saying like, look, this is what Obama and me also wanted to do when he did a gas attack previously. We said, like, we should bomb him, and then all the Republicans said, like, no, that's the worst idea ever. Are you right. crazy getting us into another war? But to now, foolish president. Right, now that the shoe's on the other foot, they're like, yeah, of course, Obama should have done this all along. It's like, what? No, right. that's exactly the opposite of what you you said. And so, at the on one hand, I, I want to be like, I guess this attack in and of itself as a retaliation for using chemical weapons isn't that out of the realm of normality. No. But the problem is he doesn't have a coherent strategy to back it up. No. At Sean Spicer's press conference today, they said, well, so like, where's the line here? Why are we attacking them? Is it because they use chemical weapons or are we just attacking them all the time now? Yeah. And, you know, Sean Spicer didn't have an answer and was like, hey, anytime they're using gas and killing kids, you know, that's very serious. Yeah. It's like, well, what about if they just use regular bombs to kill kids? And he's right. like, yeah, that's really serious too. Yeah. And so it's like, so what? Are you going to bomb them every single day? Because yeah. that's what they do yeah, in exactly. Syria. He said, he said that if, if they're using barrel bombs, that's also a violation. And the Assad regime dropped like thousands of barrel bombs last year an average of 36 a day it's literally just a barrel full of explosives and shrapnel that they just drop into from populated areas it's completely indiscriminate you know if if they continue to do that i mean that's been one of their big tools uh fighting this insurgency and if we're gonna bomb them every time they do that we're literally gonna be bombing them like three or four times a day Right, but think of all the beautiful babies we've got to save right. by bombing the shit out of them. Beautiful you know? babies. I mean, we're pro-life. Right, but... right. All of a sudden, he flipped from saying, like, get these refugees out of here, they're all right. terrorists, to being yeah. like, oh my gosh, my heart goes out to them. Not enough to yeah. let them into the country, yeah, we're but still enough not to bomb let them. any of the babies into our country, you know, for protection. We but will we bomb totally, the area that they live we in. We should we're, totally enhance the bombing. We'll be fine if they wash up on the shore. I mean, it's like, seriously, more people have died in the Mediterranean trying <laughs> to leave that place on boats and stuff exactly and a european rag or whatever gets 
attacked for callously laughing about those kind of things we defend that european rag and but now it's like those beautiful babies you know it was just disingenuous listening to him use those excuses and then listening to spicer but what else are you going to expect so taken in conjunction with all of the you know people are digging up tweets i can't believe that he hasn't just completely purged his twitter history since before his I don't Since know. Since 2013. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care because he has tape, videotape of him contradicting everything he's ever said. Sure. He's, he's impervious to it. Right. Because of Jesus. It does nothing because you look at it and you say, he's yeah, impervious no, of course to he it did because, that. His, because his voters are impervious to it. They don't care that he's a hypocrite. They care right. that he's telling him telling them the right things at any given moment. Well, except and I don't right think... now everyone's pissed off about right. Babies getting gassed with sarin, which, yeah, I agree, that's a horrible thing. There are international structures that we could have used instead of, you know, going in unilaterally. You know, you build a coalition. Now he's working on building a coalition. You know, the the coalition of the thrilling, and now apparently it's going to be the United States, Israel, and Saudi Arabia, and possibly Turkey. You awesome. Know. Yeah. And Russia and Iran. Get those guys in there. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I bet North, North Korea. Korea would help out. They've got missile technology at this point. <laughs> Sidebar, I know we didn't mention or we didn't submit any articles on this, but did you hear that John McCain called Kim Jong-un a crazy fat kid? <laughs> I mean, that's, that is accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only thing John McCain said recently that I didn't want to punch him in the face over, but... Anyways, is is that why we now have a carrier group headed to the Korean Peninsula just to hang out over there? Right. Just in case they oh, yeah. use any gas. <laughs> yeah. Pyongyang said that that's basically an act right. of war, talking about his body imaging or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it is it is some pretty messed up body shaming, as if you couldn't find some other it, it's also uh it, it, it's also uh neurotypical um, bigotry yeah. Yeah, um as absolutely. if you couldn't find anything else to attack kim jong-un <laughs> on than his appearance and the fact that he's probably literally deranged right. but just think but just think what other world leader <laughs> other than donald trump could connect with this man (laughs) and bring peace wouldn't that be amazing he's like i feel your pain but instead i think we're probably gonna kill them (laughs) no that carrier group's gonna show up and they're gonna unfurl a banner just across the the big runway there that says we don't think you're fat at me on twitter (laughs) right they're like what's twitter yeah (laughs) hearing all the people like Fareed Zakaria, and then also, Ugh. was it Brian Williams? Try, like, right. Oh, man. He was yeah. like, I'm in a helicopter in Syria right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's so beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm quoting some literary dude about how be- how gloriously beautiful, you know. The sniper fire. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, just, just regular folks on Twitter, you know, they've got hashtag the resistance, hashtag I'm still with her. Uh, in their bios and they're saying we have to step in you know like hillary hillary would have done this really well too or or even better and then there are a bunch of people on the left going or we could just not get involved in another war but hillary was supposed to bomb syria (laughs) her bombing her intervention 
her authorization to use military force. That was actually the biggest contingent at the women's march was just women who came out um, wearing the, wearing their pink knit hats um, in favor of a ground invasion in Syria. It was an all encompassing event, right? But I'm surprised that Hillary hasn't tweeted like at Donald Trump, just like, "Yeah, told you so." Right. Sir, Bombard series is awesome. Yeah, Welcome yeah. to the club. The only thing I saw blowing up was Raytheon's shares. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> which which Donald Trump dollar you know, dollar bills y'all <laughs> has a history of owning at points in various points in the past. Oh yeah. Of course, no nothing to look at there. But that's um, a blind yeah, trust. That's a blind trust. <laughs> right. It's all good. But I think the most the most amazing thing to me is is how quickly Trump was able to go from like America first, all America all the time. We're not wasting money on none of that. Going to Iraq nonsense. I hated Iraq. I was against Iraq from the beginning. I would mm-hmm. never go into the Middle East and start yeah. a war again. America first. Oh, wait. Never mind. Let's just start bombing the Middle East. It's like, bing. It just, you just flip the switch right there. Yeah. All right. Well, here's here's where it gets. Um, this, this actually gets off into conspiracy theory territory, except there's actual evidence for it, right? So <laughs> there was there was a... Republican think group um, back during the George W. Bush administration um, talking about how it would be so much easier to move oil um, from one place to another over there if we were able to topple regimes in those various regions. Syria was one of the seven countries on that list. Okay, Now we have Rex Tillerson who has had strong business dealings with Vladimir Putin, who got a call the night that the Tomahawk missiles were fired and more than likely warned Bashar al-Assad that this strike was going to happen. Um, That call was made because, like we said earlier, there were Russian troops at the airfield where this attack was launched, and they wanted to make sure that we didn't kill any Russians, so they moved them out. Um, meanwhile, Rex Tillerson used to work for an oil company that was in favor of this pipeline that would travel across Syria if we could get a friendlier regime in place. And Vladimir Putin and Bashar al-Assad like each other, and Trump owns Raytheon stock, who make the Tomahawk missiles. You know, at this point, basically what we're seeing is this gamesmanship, sort of. You know, this is the art of the deal, from from the executive office right. on but Trump's part. I'll give you an even simpler conspiracy theory, which is Trump saw that his poll numbers were tanking, and he was like, you know what's a great way to get the poll numbers up is to start bombing people. That's because right. that'll turn your poll numbers around because people will say, like, we got to stand together right now. Absolutely. And so he doesn't have to think in five-dimensional chess. He said that on Twitter back in 2012 or 2013 and said, look, with Obama's poll numbers dropping, just wait for him to start dropping bombs on Iraq or Libya. (laughs) Yeah. It's a genius move. (laughs) Yeah. I invented it. It's called the Trumpster. Boom. I told Reagan to do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We were on the set of Home Alone 2. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tim Tim Curry was actually a big Salafist. I I don't know if you guys knew that. (laughs) Good. My wife had friends who were Salafists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we all make mistakes. Right. (laughs) Go into greater detail. We see these beautiful pictures at night 
from the decks of these two U.S. Navy vessels in the Eastern Mediterranean, I am tempted to quote the great Leonard Cohen, I'm guided by the beauty of our weapons. Um, and they are beautiful pictures of, uh, of fearsome armaments making what is for them a brief flight over to this airfield. What did they hit? You want to do podcasts? Should that be kind of like our high note as podcasts? Or? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do our high note as discussion of podcasts. All right, well, I kind of got onto the S-Town craze, so that was kind of the big thing that I had listened to in the last week. Shit Town for those of you who... Listen actually listen to the show absolutely <laughs> yeah absolutely. it's kind of it's it's funny that they named it shit town and mm. then we're like oh but we can't actually like advertise our show using this because no, no service will allow us to use right. this word yeah um well it so becomes kind of an in-joke among the people who are enjoying it right right you know like, exactly you hear an ad for s-town and everybody who's actually listened to it goes like <laughs> yeah for it's, sure it's actually shit town <laughs> like they're getting away with saying it on on the air yeah, but that's been a pretty good one. Uh, I forget the guy's name that does that one. Oh, Brian Reed? B- Brian Reed. And is, the, is the host. So from... this is a, a podcast from the team that did Serial, and the they used to do work on Some... This American Life, yep. which is one of the perennial... I think perennial... they still do work on This American Life. I think this is just their, their yeah. side project. Because even Ira Glass was involved in right. producing Shit Town. And, and Serial was like one of the first like podcasts to like go mainstream where it really took off and and shit town seems like it's doing that as well and i mean just listen to the first episode because if you are not hooked immediately and just saying like i just have to listen to where this goes and more of this because it's just so off the wall right but also just so real yeah but it's like unreal in its realness it's insane do we (laughs) want to give a little synopsis of the show because uh i i I don't think i I definitely don't want to spoiler territory at least for my for my sake, because I'm only about halfway through episode five of seven episodes, I think. Right. So, yeah, right. It, it's seven episodes long. They're about an hour each. Um, okay. I listened to it over a weekend. After I listened to the first two episodes, I mean, they hook you real good. Yeah. yeah and for real. You, so, I just had to power through to the end. Yep. So it starts off kind of feeling like what I understand Serial to have been, where it's sort of this unsolved murder mystery. Yeah. But... Rapidly changes into something completely different. That's this really odd slice of life um, in this small town in Alabama, with just the oddest characters, including sort of the main character of the show, the guy who called Brian Reed down to uh, do the reporting. Who's just the more you learn about him, the more you want to know about this guy because he's just so unexpected. Um, sort of a like a polymath genius living in just backwoods Alabama and making friends with people who are, you know, drug dealers and petty thieves and and the longer it goes on, the more complications get involved with it. With this story, hi Flannel Nation, this is Chuck. Matthew um, said he wasn't going to spoil things on Shit Town, and then went ahead and did what he said he wasn't going to do. So I'm going to call an audible and edit this part out. Okay, back to it. Spoiler, bro. Jeez. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you just go on with what you were saying. It turns yeah. into a portrait of this this guy, John B. McLemore. 
I love that name. Macklemore. Because I keep thinking of, yeah. I keep thinking of Macklemore the rapper. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps distant relatives. Yeah, you know, thrift stores. If they make a shit town movie starring Macklemore as Macklemore. (laughs) Oh, dude. We got to. He could do it. Well, actually, he couldn't because no one could do this. No one could be this guy in this movie. This guy is one of a kind. He yeah. is un, unreplicable by any actor. Johnny Depp would try and fail so hard right. if he tried to do this. <laughs> I could see uh, like gaunt Brad Pitt with a beard doing it. It would be very different, but I would love to see his take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, so that's so that's S Town. That's shit town. Maybe we'll do a, a spoiler one later on after people have had a chance to to do it. And if you haven't listened to Serial either, Serial is also great and is a real is a really well done show as well. Well, and Brendan, you had another podcast that you wanted to to add into our our high note this week, right? Um, something about kids and forming cults and Furbies, maybe? Yeah, I, I mean, I listened to so many podcasts. I was just looking at all the different podcasts I listened to. And there's like over 70 podcasts. That's crazy. That I listen to. And I don't listen to every episode. But, you know, driving back and forth, mowing the lawn or whatever. And I, I have so many that I listen to. I'm like sped up, which some people say is like a travesty. But I kind of like it. Okay. <laughs> people in podcasts talk really slow. No, that's just efficiency, man. It sounds. It actually sounds really good. When I listen to them at normal speed, they sound gross Auditory to me now. speed reading, right? I can't imagine listening to what John McLemore sounds like. At I did turn I did turn shit down down because it was so good. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, there's this great podcast called Important If True, which is by these dudes who did a, a video game podcast called Idle Thumbs, but then they just didn't want to be stuck talking about video games all the time, so they started this podcast Important If True, where they just basically talk about like zany off-the-wall news and then like just speculate wildly and they talk a lot about robots that doesn't sound anything like any podcast i'm part of (laughs) (laughs) definitely a a big inspiration they did this podcast recently where that one of the topics was this study that they did with kids and furbies where they would talk to kids about furbies and be like what is a furby and they'd be like, well, it's like a toy, but it's kind of like an animal, so it's kind of like both. It's sort of like Gizmo from the Gremlins right. franchise. Right, and it, it is. I mean, it essentially is that mm. that Gremlin, and it's just as real as that Gremlin. It's just not shot by Spielberg, so it doesn't look as good when it's just sitting on your shelf. And there's parents <laughs> that probably paid more than what a Gremlin was worth for their Furby when that craze came out during Christmas. <laughs> right. Made, like hundreds of dollars for those. So. <laughs> so they like had a Furby there, and they were talking to the kids about the Furby and having them interact with the Furby and play with the Furby and then they were like alright kids let's take the Furby apart and see how it works and that was no and then some kids had some strong reactions to 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 witnessing the Furby teardown video or whatever (laughs) I hope there's I hope there's some YouTube footage of this uh, out there if not you know maybe make maybe maybe make your own I mean there there are people in you know ninth and tenth grade taking biology class who can't handle the the frog dissection you know i can't imagine subjecting <laughs> yeah. a kid to that with their beloved toy right you didn't play with the frog and then kill it yourself but with the furby <laughs> that's essentially what you're doing because the kid was just playing with it 
So it's like as if you were like, oh, everybody play with the rabbit or whatever. All right, now time to dissect the rabbit, everyone. Um, right. So, but it's this, a robot. This kills the Furby. The line there is is very it's very strange. I do feel like this is a this is a weird thought that I have sometimes. Is what will the the thing from old people's generation would be like, well, you know, grandma, she's just a little bit racist. Cause that was just, it was from a different time, you know? And like, I was like, what, what will our grandkids say about us? And it's totally going to be like, grandpa is so mean to robots. How yeah. rude. Like what a terrible person. I cannot believe he treated that robot waiter that way. He like keeps, uh. he calls them all R2D2s right. when he knows that that's not all of their names. What's funny, though, is do y'all remember that show? It had to have been back in the early 80s, Small Wonder. Oh, yeah, dude. Small Wonder. Oh, yeah. That's one of the shows I get on my antenna television now that they play so many old shows. Oh, no kidding. She's fantastic, made of plastic. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, people have been talking about robots for a long time, like human-like robots. Well, sure. I mean, this this goes back to, at the, you know, latest, Isaac Asimov's iRobot series of short stories that came out are all about how humans interact with robots that may or may not be evolving sentience um but even just the ones that that you interact with that are like a furby where it's it's not really a companion it doesn't have any kind of meaningful love for you in a philosophical sense but it behaves that way so people children obviously get attached to them right which is you know if you extrapolate it i mean how do I know that I'm not the only real human and all you guys are robots? I mean, what's the real difference there? Right. If you can't tell the difference, sci-fi. That's how sci-fi works, everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was the high note. Uh, podcasts in the robot apocalypse. Oh, yeah. just, a, just a quick note for anyone who's uh, a listener of ours. They probably are already listening to Chapo Trap House, but I also wanted to give them a shout-out for their most recent free episode, which was all about healthcare uh it was a timely episode obviously with the healthcare debacle that that's happened in congress over the past few weeks um but they had a a guest on who's just an amazing storyteller about how health insurance came about in this country and what obamacare or the aca was trying to do to fix that and what the ahca wasn't able to do to fix the problem and so, really, if that's if that sort of policy impacts your family, which is to say that you're 99% of the American public, go and listen to that one also. That was that was just another great podcast that happened in the past week. That dude did a great cool. job of explaining like the entire history of healthcare from like World War II to now in yep, like really. in like 45 minutes basically it's it's beautiful wow okay well <laughs> and it's really interesting me. i mean it's it's the same funny commentary that chapo always does on topics like this well i'll have to check that out and you'll have to check out well we'll just have to check all of them out just kidding Anyways, sorry, <laughs> you should just listen shitty. to 70 podcasts like i do and then you'll check everything out <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> Great high note, great place to call it a day here for another week. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. So uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Go ahead and like us on iTunes. Like J-Rod. Absolutely. Thanks again, J-Rod. Thanks again to Showy. Thanks again to everyone that's given us any criticism before. So um, 
cool. Also, you can follow us as a podcast at liquid underscore flannel. And you can follow us individually on Twitter. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with a W. And this has been Liquid Flannel. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.